On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, and welcome everybody to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And today is kind of a rainy, drippy, dull kind of day. And sometimes I find it so much harder to actually take my thoughts captive and to practice what I preach. You know, I call the the act of taking our thoughts captive the discipline of being renewed, being transformed through the renewing of our mind, I call that an art. It's like a form of art. And the more we practice it, the better we get at it. But today, man, I've hit such resistance today. And it's just been like, oh, kind of feel tired. It's kind of gloomy out. And you know how the weather impacts our emotions and our moods and everything. So I've really tried hard all day long so far. And it's like around four o'clock in the afternoon to really take my thoughts captive and practice what I preach. I know you count on it. So many of my friends kid me. They're like, Victoria, you're in the choose to think business. So yeah, you got to watch your thoughts, Victoria. And they're right. I actually love it when they say that, especially my kids are like, mom, choose to think I'm like, yes, 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 that's right. But today I have found myself really putting into practice what I call the seven R's for living your best thought life. And before we get into the juicy nuts and bolts of Psalm 144, which is an exercise and a case in point, I want to share with you the seven R's for living your best thought life, something you can do every day. It's what I do every day. And sometimes I get in a slump and I have to think like, Ooh, I need to do a brain dump. Matter of fact, that's one of the exercises that I teach my students who are taking my fired up mind course. I teach them what it means to do a brain dump, how to do that. But I have an infographic. I'm going to show it to you here. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Make sure you click that subscribe button and the little bell notification so that you can know whenever we drop our episodes every single week or what we're putting up on YouTube. I'd love it. I'd love your support like that because that helps the algorithm that helps us get the word out and share the good news with everyone. But This is a one-page printable infographic. Matter of fact, it's the companion tool to the Choose to Think devotional, which is Choose to Think, Find Peace, Joy, Hope, Health, and Freedom every day. And it's a 365-day devotional. It is not too late to order yours. Some people don't know what a devotional is, but basically a devotional is a very brief, like a one-page way to invite you into learning something about scripture, maybe about God. It can be also reflective. It might include a scripture verse, a Bible verse, as well as a prayer, and then a little bit of a teaching or a personal application. And that's what you'll find on every day. Matter of fact, you can see it. Oops, let me go to this hand right there. See that book? That's it. That's the Choose to Think devotional that you can order. And it's never too late to start a devotional. I've started devotionals at the end of the year before or even in October, in the summer, it's just when you want a little bit of something extra, a really great way, encouraging way to start your day. And this 
the seven R's infographic is a companion tool to the devotional because the devotional is going to remind you every day to take your thoughts captive, to be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And in a nutshell, the seven step process is the first R is to recognize what you're thinking about. That's the first step. Number two, you're going to resist anything that is bringing you down. And sometimes what brings us down in our thoughts are thoughts that are not true. They may be lies, enemy darts, or it could even just be a thought, an emotion, a mindset that's leading us in a direction that isn't really healthy for us. And so we want to resist those or reject those. And then we want to actually replace that thought in our brain. We're doing brain work. We're literally rewiring our brain when we do this process. We want to replace the the thought that we've rejected or resisted with God's truth. Think Philippians 4.8. He tells us what to think about, things that are praiseworthy and true. And so we want to find some replacement thought to create some a new neuro pathway in our brain that it's going to stick firmer. And the more we do it, uh, think it, the more it's going to be in just ingrained in our brain. And then what we, what we're doing is de-energizing that toxic thought and we're energizing a truthful thought or a healthy whole thought that leaves us, leads us in the right direction. And we want to do that. So those are the first three R's. Number four would be to repeat this process. Once you recognize what you're thinking about, reject the lies and replace it with the truth, then you're going to have to repeat that. And scientists are all over the board on how long it takes to create a new neural pathway in your brain, but it's a good habit. And you can start with just one thought and continue to reinforce that positive hope filled thought every single day. And then from there, what you're going to find is that you are being transformed. You're literally transforming the gray matter in your head, your brain. And then second to that, you're also you're, you're renewing your mind and you're filling your mind with healthy, positive, encouraging, inspirational thoughts that lead you into a healthy direction because your thoughts impact your feelings and emotions, which in turn impact your mood and then your behavior and your actions and what you choose to do. So if the more, if I kept telling myself all day, oh, Victoria, you're so tired, you're so tired, you're so tired. Now, it may be that I'm tired, but maybe I just need to push through. Maybe I just need a little self-care. There could be a, many variables on a single thought and to recognize how I feel in and of itself is not toxic. But if I just like, oh, I hate today. Ugh, I don't want to work. Ugh, I can't believe all the stuff I have to do. That kind of stuff that's heavy. Even when I say it, those are the thoughts that we want to try to pivot out of and put ourselves in a new direction. I remember when I was in high school, I heard someone say, hey, I better do it. I might get better. And what that motivational speaker meant by that was too often we say, oh, I better not do that. I might get sick or I better not do that. I might get worse. And he flipped that on its head and he said, hey, I better do that. I might get better. And that always echoes in my mind. I'm like, yeah, better push through this because it might be better on the other side. And generally I am better. So you have that process. And then, then the sixth and the seventh R would be to rely on God. We don't do anything without recognizing and committing our way to the Lord. And so we're going to wreck it. We're going to rely on him for our very breath and our very being. And we're going to, we're going to 
trust that he's going to lead us and he's going to guide us in this whole process. And then finally we get to, to where we're resting in him and there is peace there. So that's the companion tool. If you would like to, to get this, this is free. It's, you don't even have to buy the book to get it, but it's a great, I even give a synopsis of each step and just take you through as it's a little cheat sheet really. And I would love to put that in your hand. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes or in the description if you're actually viewing this podcast episode on YouTube. So that's that. Now we're going to jump into this Psalm 144, which is, oh my goodness, it is so similar to what I'm just talking about. It is like case in point, spot on to this entire process of mind renewal in action. And it's really a Psalm that David wrote it and it bookmarks basically how we are to praise. We're to praise God, but then somehow we receive praise or we receive his favor. And there's a tricky combination of that. Think about how it's, does it, is it hard for you to just, you know, praise you, Lord, praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. When you feel really icky and, or when you've had a hardship or a trial, sometimes that's hard. And it, we have to practice doing that. And we have to know that when we praise God, despite the storm in our lives, that there is a benefit to doing that. And that's what I'm talking about. There's a brain benefit. There's a mind renewal benefit as well. A couple of verses talk about praise and they use the word blessed. And it says, verse one says, praise be to the Lord, my rock. And so we start, David starts by praising and then he ends it the very end. The last couple of verses talk about blessed is the people of whom this is true, everything that's spoken in the psalm. And blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Now we're going to listen to the psalm here in just a second, but I'd like to unpack the importance of praising or blessing God, even when our life's not exactly going like we'd like it to. You know, there are another couple of verses from the book of Habakkuk that go like this. And I'm going to quote here. It says this, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there, there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Oh my goodness. Doesn't that just kind of get you going? Doesn't that just fill you with hope? It's like, though all of this is happening in my life yet, I will praise the Lord yet. I will talk about him yet. I will be joyful in him yet. I will acknowledge that he is my strength. Oh my goodness. That's so awesome. And let's just rewrite it. Okay. I had fun rewriting it, but as a matter of fact, I would encourage you to do this. This is a good journaling prompt, a good drill to do. Start out by saying, though the children are fighting and the bills are past due, though there's no chicken in the freezer and I forgot to buy the milk, Though I miss the deadline, and although my sneakers have no tread, though my business is stalling, and I haven't had a raise in years, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. 
You see what's happening here? When you apply it to your own life, I would encourage you to make that personal application. Even one commentator about Psalm 144 writes this. He says, you know, this opening verse is full of personality. It is mercy shown to David himself, which is the subject of grateful song. It has also a presentness about it. For Jehovah is now his strength and is still teaching him. What is God teaching you, I wonder? Is God still your strength? And what are you learning these days? And let me go on here. It says that we too, the commentator writes, we too ought to make a point of presenting praise while yet the blessing is on the wing. In other words, we still should praise even though we haven't been blessed yet. The verse is also preeminently practical and full of actual life of every day for David's days were spent in camps and conflicts. Yes, that's true. Study his life. Some of us, and he gives some examples of when this commentator wrote this, he said, he said, some of this who were grievously tormented with rheumatism might cry. And I could say with plantar fasciitis, because sometimes the, that fascia that whatever you call it on the bottom of my foot you know I play so much pickleball and I'm a walker I walk a lot and I love to stay active but sometimes I get little micro tears in that fascia that plantar fascia and and I sound like I know what that is but anyway that little thing down there on the bottom of my foot and and I have to coddle it a little bit and have to be careful and I have to have inserts and you can you can listen to that podcast it's really better right now so I feel like it's in remission but I could say, you know what? I'm tormented by with rheumatism and I might cry, blessed be the Lord, my comforter who teaches my feet to bear in patience. Although he said rheumatism and teaches my knees. It's like arthritis, I suppose. Teaches my knees to bear in patience and my feet to endure in resignation. It's a flip, isn't it? It's like saying, Lord, I'm still gonna praise you and I'm gonna bless you even though mm, my body's like, ugh. I'm not enjoying this part or I'm healing. Or how about this one? Others who are on the lookout to help young converts, like those who don't believe in God might say, blessed be God who teaches my eyes to see wounded souls and my lips to cheer them. Isn't that nice? In other words, your heart may be, may be broken over the fact that you're, you're looking at others who aren't converted and who are struggling in their lives and who don't enjoy the benefits of being a Christian and the privileges of being a Christian. They're antagonistic toward the Christian faith. And you might say, gosh, blessed be God who teaches my eyes to see these wounded people and my lips to cheer them. And so David does exactly this in the Psalm. And, you know, this tends to make, this is the commentator writing, the harmony of heaven perfect when all the singers take their parts. If we all follow the same score, the music would not be so full and rich. So he's saying, you know, we all have different experiences we bring to the table. We all have some blessings and others not some, not the same blessings where it's all different and dynamic for each of us. But we're still, no matter the scenario, we could think of a gazillion of them, no matter the scenario, we're going to praise the Lord. So let me ask you a question. How do you bless God when your blessings seem to evade you? Often when we're struggling, our thoughts are negatively charged. We're consumed by the hardship and trial. I've been there. We can't see our way out of the storm, so to speak. Yet the psalmist offers a 
offers us a different way of processing life's difficulties. This passage reminds me a little bit of the time when Paul was shipwrecked in the New Testament in Acts 27. Do you remember that story? He was a prisoner at the time, but he repeatedly encouraged the men aboard, trusting and blessing the Lord despite all external events, the storm. They even broke bread, like a little communion almost. They were breaking bread and eating a meal together even. It was just, it's an extraordinary story to read. I love that story. He, he knew the men would be saved and he bookmarked his faith, talking about Paul, by blessing God and praising him and reassuring his own soul, the seed of his heart and emotions, his heart, that he would also receive a blessing of salvation from this horrible event at sea. You know, I interviewed Max Rook recently on the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast, and he gave me a one-line zinger that we can ask ourselves when we hit a hardship or trial. We shared a few of them back and forth, but I hadn't really thought about this one until he mentioned it. And he said, hey, what if this weren't the ending, but rather the beginning? So I want you to picture yourself in your trial, in your hardship, wherever you are in life, whatever you're facing, and ask yourself this, instead of thinking how bad it is, how horrible it is, how futile it seems, how worn out you are and exhausted you may be, and those may be true, and you may need to practice self-care. I'm not saying that we're disengaging from reality. Reality is here, but we do have a way we can look at the reality with which we're faced. So I'm encouraging you to say, what if this weren't the ending that it seems to be? This weren't the end of the road. This weren't the dead end street, but instead, what if it were a beginning? Do you feel your hope and your faith arise when you consider the beginning of something new in your life? That change where we're going to say, I don't have all the pieces here. Lord, I don't even know what you're doing in my life, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to hang on to you here. You know what? And guess what? Your brain is literally going to look for ways to prove that right. So when you encourage yourself with your thoughts, your emotions and your moods follow suit. And then so does your behavior and you're impacting your very brain. What if God is teaching you something profound? What if he's bringing healing to your soul right now? What if he's, he's, this event you're going through is causing you to look more to God? What if you find his love for you there? And then your brain will prove you right. Well, are you passing through a storm at the moment? Could you take just a few moments to write down what thoughts you're thinking about concerning this storm? Is there a way, like our com commenter has, has explained to us, for you to praise God for what God is teaching you? Are you teachable? Could you write down your own psalm that starts with, even though, and you can list all your trials and hardships and then conclude with, yet I will praise God. Well, let's listen to this psalm and then see if we can't rearrange our thoughts and bookmark them with praise. And here's Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hand for war and my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. 
part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners, whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-stringed lyre, I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword. Deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Did you see how that psalm is a little bit different from the Habakkuk? The Habakkuk says, even if there are no oxen, even if there are no horses, even if there are no cattle, even if there is no food, no abundant crops, even if, yet I will still praise the Lord. And David's kind of getting there, but he's, in, he's in, envisioning a different kind of future. And he's, he's banking on that, isn't he? And he's encouraging his heart with that. But in the end, he ends with, no matter what, I'm looking to the Lord. He's my strength here and he will bless me indeed. So I wanted to offer just a few more examples of how we bless God, even as he teaches us through the trials and the hardships. And the operant word is teaches. If you can hold tight to that, that cord of hope, knowing that there is a silver lining. There is something at the end of your trial. I think you're going to find it really hope filled and healthy and helpful. So what if you said this, blessed be my God, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, who teaches me to take delight in what I already have and not pine away for what I think I need. Ever been there? How about this one? Blessed be the Lord, my Jesus, who teaches me that sin, death, and darkness do not have the final say. Even if you're a prisoner like Paul was in that case, or if you have some area of spiritual bondage or hardship, if that's not the end of the story here, you can still bless God and praise him while you're recovering, while you're stepping toward the truth. Don't be hard on yourself if you're a work in progress like the rest of the world, including myself. Go easy and gentle on yourself. Blessed be the God who forgives me, my father, who teaches me a better way when I've made unwise choices, when I've misstepped or when I've gone off the path. Blessed, me by, blessed be my savior who teaches me to pause, to be still, to listen to his voice when I cry out to him. Blessed be my Lord and King who teaches me to put and keep my eyes on him even when I feel overwhelmed with way too many things to do. 
Overwhelmed is a common word. I have to fight hard not to use that word in my life because I feel like I'm juggling a lot of balls. It's a privilege to do so. And I love what I do, but sometimes it's like a lot of balls in the air. So I, I don't really like to use that word overwhelmed because apparently it sends your brain into shutdown mood or mode. And, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it impacts my mood because then I, it takes me down as well. Okay. How about this one? Blessed be my father who teaches me to be patient when I feel pain over my estranged relationship with my son or daughter and blessed be that father, my father, who reminds me that he is enough for all my loved ones. Blessed be my God who teaches me to take my thoughts captive and gain clarity of thought and mind when my toddler is driving me nuts, when the pot is bubbling over on the stove, when I drop a gallon of Kool-Aid. Does anybody drink Kool-Aid anymore? I have a story about that. One time I had just mopped the floor and then red Kool-Aid, you know, we used to feed our kids bad stuff way back when, and they drank all the dyes, you know, the all that artificial everything and the colors, that red dye stuff and ugh, all over my nicely mopped floor. But anyway, blessed be God, though I've dropped the Kool-Aid and blessed be God, then even when my phone is buzzing off the hook, because he will teach me how to depend on him more. Blessed be my comforter who teaches me to suffer long when my soul feels arrested with devastation or grief. And he teaches me to trust him for encouragement and strength to sustain my loss. Blessed be my guide who teaches me to look for that open door of hope and possibility when I lose my job and I have to start all over. Remember, what if this isn't the ending, but rather the beginning? Blessed be my refuge who teaches me to hold my tongue and find safety and emotional security by saying nothing at all. Yeah, I need to do that. Blessed be my God who teaches me to be patient with my loved ones, even when it hurts. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the name that I can declare to those who need a word of truth and a lifeline of hope, who teaches me the value of my confession to others of his goodness. Blessed be the be God, the light of the world, who teaches me to shine the light of Christ to others who may not know him. Blessed be my fortress and stronghold, who teaches me to find rest in him when I feel afraid, alone, isolated, and unsure. Blessed be my shield, who teaches me to have faith despite all odds from the diagnosis that I just received. Blessed be my provider, again, provider, who teaches me to give abundantly and generously and cheerfully from the resources that I do have. Blessed be God, who's my strength, who upholds me when I'm exhausted and weary, feeling so worn out from the demands of my life and time and teaches me to rest in him. Okay, that's a whole big list of them. And I know you have others, but do you see how the perspective shifts a bit? We don't have to stay stuck in our heads, but we can intentionally pivot to healthier, meatier, substantial, truth-filled thoughts that give us allowance for change and a window of transformation and hope. We praise God despite the battle that's waging. And then we find blessing and favor because he's our Lord. And he knows what is best for us. So today, if you feel at wit's end or you're feeling like your knees might buckle under the weight and pressure of life, praise God for what he's teaching you.
All right. And I want to pray for us in a moment, but I just want to recap with my appreciation for you and for tuning into the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. If you didn't know it, I'm also a, a certified Christian life coach, and I would love to have a thought strategy session with you. Just a time for us to to chat, to catch up. If you have a sticky point, I conducted one recently and it was marvelous. And just this individual who was, who came on and we chatted for about an hour. She left that conversation with such clarity and she nailed down a few sticky issues. She just wanted a third perspective there, or another set of eyes on things. And so I was able to give her that. And I would love to do that with you as well. I don't conduct, conduct many a month because of my of time restraints, but I'm glad to do that. I would love to pour out. I even have a digital course going on right now called called fired up mind it's choose to think the fired up mind course and this is all we deal with we deal with our thoughts our emotions our attitudes our feelings our moods and mindsets and i teach you in that course over a three-month period how to find that transformation that you're looking for through a renewed mind i even have a coaching element added to the course if you would like to invest in that as well if you're really serious about change and you really want to get well this course is phenomenal have a small group going through it right now, about 12 women, and I think it could really be helpful for you too. So you can find on my website at, at choose to think.co. There are all kinds of things over there that you can opt in on the newsletter. Where I just reach out maybe a couple times a month, and I hope that you'll join me in my quest to share the good news, to shine the light for Christ, and to really step into your calling and your purpose on this on this earth and to joyfully proclaim the good news of what Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord has done in our lives and why it really makes a difference. So I would love to have you on board and, and I would love to help you in any way. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. It's a day you've made and we will be glad and rejoice in this day. Every morning, may we rise, shine, and glorify you, the King of kings and the Lord of Lord of lords. And Father, for that one listener who says, man, I'm really struggling, I ask that you would breathe your life and your love and your presence into their lives. May, may they feel your, your, uh, a sense of your presence. May they sense your comfort that only you can give. Father, watch over them and bless them all. Thank you for this ministry. And may you and you alone be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.